experiences informs art and as a result one's art as long as it's genuine is an extension of those said experiences so whether if it's through hardships heartbreak or maybe even grief authentic art is a form of honesty that truly connects with their intended audiences in today's episode, I review three different albums from artists whose individual experiences culminates in their current work today. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back to episode 23 of the That's My Cue podcast. I've never really introduced the show like that, I guess. But yeah, episode 23, here we are. And, you know, I already said my name at the beginning, so I'm not going to do it again. But I'm your ever-enduring captain, you know, sailing you across these treacherous waters, ceaselessly seeking, you know, to find any good movie, TV show, music, and video game that is probably worth your attention. Unless those waters are shark infested or might have uh, a Mortal Kombat shaped glacier heading our way, then you know maybe brace for impact. Yeah, so that 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 reference is for the day one listeners. Unless if you're a listener that just binged through all the episodes, you know there's people that have done that. I'm looking at the stats every so often, and it seems like every other week I'll see like a huge jump in listener spikes. And so I'm thinking, you know, what episodes are, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, that last episode really killed it. But no, it's like people really binge through the whole show from start to finish. And so I really appreciate y'all who do that. And, you know, yeah, let's let's enjoy each other's vibes a little more. You know, I hopefully you're uh, enjoying your commute and and or whatever uh, activity you're currently doing here in my sultry voice so we got a great program in store for uh you today y'all today is going to be a, a little unusual in which i'll be covering reviews for three albums and so you might be wondering why you know what what could possibly connect any of these albums and the answer is aside from drake and kanye's albums and you know their ongoing rivalry and beef that they have surrounding you know their projects uh, nothing really ties it in with Lord's new new record. I just wanted to talk about it, you know, cause I, cause I'm a madman. So before we dip into that over overwhelmingly large well, let's check out a new segment that I think I'd like to call Trailer Roundup. It, it you know, it's a little boring. Cue the 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 theme. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's roundup round discussion, discussion about, about trailers. trailers. Oh my, oh my God, God. am I, in, am I heaven? in heaven? I know, it's a work in progress. We'll uh, kind of tweak that theme song or whatever that was in a bit. But first up on our trailer roundup, we have our premiere trailer of Insomniac's new Spider-Man 2 video game coming out exclusively onto the PS5 in 2023. And I know that might seem like a while, but I promise y'all that after Cyberpunk 2077, that us video game people... Really need to hold our uh, our um, expectations, you know, at a reasonable level, and we just have to be patient. You know, it's gonna be worth the wait. Uh, 
I really enjoyed the previous Spider-Man games, and I really liked the universe that Insomniac had built. And if you recall the Ratchet and Clank episode, you know, Insomniac excels in delivering games that are both visually great and offer a lot of cool moment-to-moment gameplay, you know, through the use of movement and combat. So I hope Spider-Man 2 lives up to that, and I, you know, am sure regardless that no matter what happens, it's going to look really freaking good on the PS5. It's cool that we also get a glimpse uh, a glimpse of Venom, uh, which I would have expected a newer design, you know, with their insomniac, you know, uh, visual flair to it. But he kind of has his classic gooey look. And you know what? That's all I need from Venom. And if Venom is in it, we might as well get a, a symbiote suit for Peter and maybe Miles, too. And based on the voiceover, I was kind of expecting the main villain to be Kraven. But uh, I'm sure we'll get more reveals as a second trailer will drop maybe in the next year or so. Our second trailer on our list is for The Matrix Resurrections. Keanu is looking great as usual and retains, I guess, that John Wick aesthetic. We're getting that John Wick hair. And uh, Carrion Moss also looks really good too. It looks like the movie is going to be going uh, the direction, I guess, for like a soft reboot, which I guess makes sense in a meta sort of way. You know, given its technological theme as the plot um, unfolds, we see that the trailer seems to hint at um, something similar to what we got in the first movie. We get, you know, gl- small glimpses of Neil Patrick Harris, and it's uncertain kind of, you know, as to what kind of role he'll play. But uh, we know for sure that Lawrence Fishburne uh, isn't going to be in it this time around. Uh, and I know that a lot of uh, news outlets and fans are speculating that it might be because of Morpheus's canonical death from an in-game in, uh, uh, event in the old MMORPG, The Matrix Online, which you can't even play anymore. So if you, you know, don't look up the video online, then you j- there's no way for you to experience that that part of the story. But anyways, if that's the case, most likely I'm thinking Yaya Abdul Mateem, who you might remember from the Candyman episode might be somehow tied with Morpheus as his costume design, you know, kind of has a lot of similar iconography to the character. So it should be landing in theaters and on HBO Max a little later this year. I'm looking on my calendar. It says that it might be dropping in December around Christmas. So who who knows? Maybe that might be the gift that uh, we all get. Or it could be a lump of coal. We'll see. You know, um, but yeah, I might even consider doing a tier list episode for it in the weeks leading up to the release. So, um, you know, stay tuned. And lastly, the trailer uh, for the new Hawkeye series on Disney Plus just dropped. And even though it was a show that I kept forgetting existed, it looks like it's going to be a fun action series that might end up becoming my favorite. It really gives Jeremy uh, Renner a lot more to do in the MCU. And if you saw the recent MCU films... There's some things that were kind of missing from the trailer um, in terms of Phase 4 stuff. But, you know, I feel like they left it out to not spoil anything for those that might have not seen, you know, uh, Black Widow or Shang-Chi. But there's still a lot of, you know, plenty of great teases of what to expect. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is a great actress, and and I'm so glad to see her in it. And, And I think that she has great comedic chemistry as well as, uh, you know, action prowess. Um, you know, when side by side with Renner and it kind of gives it a nice buddy action adventure vibe, almost kind of like 
like Die Hard 3 in a way. Uh, and and Vera Farmiga is always great. So I'm, you know, excited to see what role her uh, she might bring to the show. You know, if this is uh, Jeremy Renner's last outing as Hawkeye, then this might be the best way to kind of send off his character. And I look forward to catching uh, that when it drops later this year in November. But without further ado, let's kick off this episode with our first review. Our first review is going to be for Lord's new album, Solar Power, which was released on August 20th, 2021. This is Lord's third major studio album and is quite the departure from her previous LPs, Pure Heroine and Melodrama, which sort of created her landmark style on pop music that still finds its way into the DNA of other artists' music such as Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo with her soft vocal delivery and minimalistic production. Solar Power isn't so much of a reinvention, but rather a natural mat- uh, maturation and evolution for Lord. Rather than leaning on uh, the contemporary conventions of pop music today, she instead focuses on creating tracks that echo the summer pop jams of the 2000s, evoking styles that feel reminiscent of Natasha Bedingfield and Alanis Morissette, especially with uh, tracks like Mood Ring or The Path or even the titular Solar Power. Many of the songs feel bright, but layered with lyrics discussing battles with addiction or mental health. This juxtaposition works in favor of the album, but its pacing and mood feels often unbalanced, and its more uh, melancholy and slower cuts off the tracklist feels a little boring as well. It feels antithetical to the project and uh, often kills the momentum of the album that doesn't really add much to the themes already established. So, you know, in a way, those slower tracks could have been revamped, may- maybe retooled in the in a way that felt more consistent with those uh, more energetic, more enjoyable tracks. At the same time, the project feels liberated as Lord never feels concerned with necessarily standardizing any specific track to conform, I guess, to the mold that's expected out of a third record from a pretty seasoned artist. So much of the production complements the psychedelic, sun-kissed nature of the LP, but once again, its slower parts feel uninteresting and ends up dragging things to quite the slow burn. Solar power might not always hit the mark, but... Lord serves plenty of great performances throughout the project, and the album acts as a nice revitalization to her mu- uh, her musical artistry. And I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10, and you can find this, of course, on any musical streaming app of your choice. We'll just dip right in into Drizzy Drake's uh, new album as well, and our second uh, review is going to be for Drake's Certified Lover Boy, which was, re- which was released on September 3rd, 2021. So this marks the sixth studio album excluding the various mixtapes and playlists that were re- you know, released in the interim between each album. Uh, but in a way, this blends all the trademark sounds that offers plenty of callbacks for longtime fans. And Certified Lover Boy seems to be a recipe that would have been a surefire success. But instead, while it has all the elements on the surface, Drake's latest project comes across as a little uninspired and sort of a hollow shell of what solidified his sound as a love-addicted Ed and fame-burdened artist. Several of the tracks are strongly reminiscent of 
previous entries in his discography, but the lack of ambition and effort in Drake's lyrical front feels phoned in and becomes an exercising of rinsing and repeating of what made his career successful in the first place. Long records are nothing new in Drake's catalog, so with a Certified Lover Boy clocking in close to an hour and a half, with its run uh, with its runtime spread over 21 tracks, it just feels like many of the other hip hop releases from his contemporaries, in which Drake would miss the mark in majority of the tracks. And you know, I, I feel like a less is more approach would have been the better angle to go, as the pacing and momentum becomes. I guess, egregiously dragged out and boring. And with that being said, several of the tracks could have been left on the cutting room floor and they wouldn't have changed the uh, pace of the album uh, so drastically. And it ends up that their their inclusion just feels like they're just padding for time. While diehard fans of Drake will find something to enjoy, I feel like Certified Lover Boy treads all too familiar ground in a way that feels less inspired than its predecessors and delivers an unmemorable project to his overall repertoire. It feels like he lacks the actual growth that he needs to understand of where he is in his life to actually translate that into his music. And as such, it just feels bitter in that he's just complaining too much about the uh, the industry without actually, you know, finding any true purpose or, uh, I guess, um, you know, a, a solid position to come off of uh, in his current musical career. And I'm going to give this uh, album a 4 out of 10. And once again, you can find that on any streaming service of your choice. Pick one, probably not, uh, not title, anything but that. But that's two reviews down, one more to go. Don't go anywhere, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk all about Kanye's latest album, Donda. Stay with us. And just like that, we're back. On today's program, we have three reviews this week, and without further ado, without wasting any more time, without dilly-dallying, let's break down everything about Kanye West's latest album, Donda, which was released on August 29, 2021. Donda marks Kanye's 10th studio album dedicated and named after his late mother who had passed away back in November of 2007. Kanye, whether a project is well received or not, is, in my opinion, a relentless, albeit complicated visionary that is not afraid to bend the hip-hop genre, if you will, with ideas that challenge the boundaries of what defines it. Unlike Drake's latest project in which it felt under-ambitious, uh, like many of Kanye's previous entries, Donda feels a little too over-ambitious. But at the same time, there's a lot of uh, eagerness and a lot of passion uh, infused within its tracks. However, not every idea necessarily sticks or is, I guess, in to put it lightly, sonically good. But the majority of Donda's track lists never felt purposeless or wasteful of Kanye's artistic intentions. A lot of the creative choices felt mi minimalist, yet deliberate. You know, with a masterful production on tracks like Jail or Moon, which were uh, pretty strong standouts. Unlike Kanye's pandering and overbearing LP, Jesus is King, in which Kanye's shift to soulless gospel music just felt incredibly hollow with uh, really lazy writing, Donda rectifies this by retaining similar musical uh, themes, but also layers it with 
a lot more nuance that deals with themes of grief and regret within heartbreak, uh, referencing possibly his divorce with Kim Kardashian. Uh, Kanye has um, often been a private person when it came to his mother's passing, but by structuring his discussion of his grief around recurring motifs of religion and poetry, the listener is offered a deeper glimpse of his process that many other projects often skewed away from for the longest time. Donda as an album is darker and more passionate that one may assume upon first listen might be something that might not be their cup of tea. But even though Kanye's ambitious tastes might not always land as something worth revisiting from top to bottom, it still offers his most personal record to date that is worth experiencing. Many of the features within it are definitely bringing their A game and you know, uh, you can see Kanye's uh, true vision uh, when experienced as a completed album. And with that being said, I'm going to give Donda a 6 out of 10. And like I said, you can always find that on any streaming platform of your choice. This time, go ahead and use title because I'm pretty sure Jay-Z and Kanye would appreciate that. But... That brings us to the end of today's episode, y'all. Just wanted to keep it nice and, and quick because I know I'm overloading y'all with a bunch of reviews. So no mini reviews today. But, you know, if you want to share your thoughts on today's episode, maybe you want to, uh, you know, weigh in on who had the better album. Kanye, Drake, maybe even Lord. Who knows? You know, she's in the game at this point. She's in the running. Uh, but, you know, if you want to share your thoughts, you know, let me know uh, what you think. Or maybe you want to suggest what, you know, crazy triple review episode you want me to do. You can always hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast or on Twitter at Q Podcast. We also have an email address that you can send those suggestions and thoughts to. And you can always email me at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com. No current uh, iTunes review today, so... You know what? That's okay. Just go on Apple Podcasts right now. Type in That's My Q, you know, Q-U-E-U-E, and click on the show. Give it five stars and just type a do- like a dope review, like like a little, I guess this week's inside, you know, uh, joke review is just like, hey, this guy has really cool hair because it, it, there's the, there isn't a, a visual component. Who cares? Just, just do... Just type everything that I'm saying right now, and don't tell, um, you know, Apple Podcasts. I'm t- I'm telling you to write this, and now you can stop typing. So you know, when I said don't type that, I meant type it. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I know I'm confusing you. Just leave a nice review. You know, I'll greatly appreciate it. But anyways, you know, where am I going with this? Oh yeah, that was supposed to help, <laughs> you know, boost attention for the show. We need that. We need to get those numbers on up. We need more people to binge this show, I guess. I mean, you know, um, I think by, you know, maybe not start off with the Loki episode right away because I feel like that's kind of a, a, a very confusing episode to jump in as your launching point. So start off, you know what, with episode one, tell your friend that, and then just to go from there. Um, but yeah, I want to thank J1K for the use of their music, Captured Soul from the School Days B-Tape, which you can always find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. 
at least until the death of the internet, whenever that happens, at the heat death of our universe. That's depressing. Anyhow, next week we'll be covering two video games, and I'll be talking all about WarioWare Get It Together and the sequel to The World Ends With You, Neo The World Ends With You. And before I go, I'm going to leave you off with a quote from Miss Donda West herself. So enjoy. As one writer said, we came from somewhere. Not just from the wombs of our mothers and the seeds of our fathers, but from a long line of generations who came before us. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong, and... That's my cue.